Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. We are very glad you've joined us today. And we are having a wonderful time in the snow and the rain and the sleet. It's definitely still winter. I am joined today by Justin Constantine. Welcome, Justin. Good morning, Linda. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning. And we are also joined by John Phillips, who is the author of Boots to Loafers, an excellent book that talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly about reintegration and how to join the civilian work life as well as home life. John, welcome to Military Network Radio. Well, good morning to you. Good morning. I know that we have had you on the show before, and we've talked a lot about some of the issues that arise when someone is coming out of service and transitioning. And the good news is that there are many people who are really terrific about helping other veterans, and you are definitely one of them. So thank you for all that you do in terms of forwarding the veterans' efforts to better meld back into society. Yeah, it's uh, it's a constant challenge um, for many of the vets coming out of the military. They, they really just don't. They're not fully prepared for what they're going to run into when they get back into the private sector. Uh, either they're going back to it from the military or they're getting right right into it from, uh, from the beginning after they uh, get discharged from the military, whether they're an officer, NCO, or enlisted man. Absolutely. And that is what inspired you to write to, to Lofers, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, when I got out of the military, um, you know, the internet, I'm kind of dating myself here, but the internet uh, really was, was just getting started and a lot of the um, capabilities that one has these days with the internet and the ability to research um, jobs and locations and et cetera, just simply were not available. But now it's it's incredible the uh, the number of different avenues that you can go down on the internet to do your research. So it was kind of my way of pulling together information from my own personal experience in making my transition and getting into a va- uh, a major corporation. And really, it was through the school of hard knocks because uh, I was not. I will admit I was not prepared. Um, so I, what basically turned into a notebook, I turned into a book to really pay it forward. You know, I love that concept. And the, the really important thing is you and I had a conversation earlier this week about the value of something that most veterans have difficulty teaching themselves or learning or acquiring. And Justin, you can attest to this as well. And that is networking. 
So yeah. which of you wants to take the network? You know, you know I'll, I'll, I'll jump in because I have a couple of quick questions for John. One thing, though, on my end, this is a technical issue. I'm hearing, uh, and I don't want this to affect our listeners, I'm hearing some echo. Linda, when you're talking, I think it's because John's speakers are turned up too high, so they're echoing kind of loud. So maybe, John, you could adjust your speakers a little bit. Um, but what, what I wanted, before we jump into networking, I think it would be beneficial for us just to hear from John a little bit about your background in the military. Um, Very good question. So if you don't mind, just, just uh, let us know what you did and who you're with and that kind of stuff. Well, I was a uh, I was a field artillery officer, and I actually had a secondary specialty of uh, comptroller. I was I was kind of the weird guy in ROTC back in the day, and I majored in finance, um, and that actually paid off. Around my seventh or eighth year as an officer, I was selected as a comptroller, the money guy, and. Uh, I was sent to uh, Syracuse University to get my MBA. So all of that kind of, you know, when I was in college, I, the way I looked at it was there is life after 20. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I really wasn't interested in going out and, uh, you know, doing artillery stuff all over the world, which today would probably be pretty lucrative. But uh, and it actually was a lot of fun, I have to admit. Um, but... Uh, you know, I moved right into a major corporation right here in Atlanta. You may have heard of it. It's called the Coca-Cola Company. And I've heard of that one. I've been with them for uh, 17 years now, working in corporate finance, working in the bottling business and finance. And uh, it's it's been a good 17-year uh, run. I'm now actually in the process of making my next transition into my third career, which I haven't figured out what that is yet, but uh, um, so it's it's all kind of paid off in the long run on kind of my game plan for what I wanted to do. Uh, it's, the book is really just my way of paying it forward to those that are coming in behind me. Yeah, that sounds good. That makes sense. Are you still connected with the veteran community? Oh, yes. I am very heavily. Um, we started uh, about three years ago. I started a group here in Atlanta that has since we've uh, come up with a name called Vetlanta. We actually have a website called uh, it's www.vetlanta.org. It's a collection of veterans across Atlanta that are employed by many of the Fortune 500 companies based here in Atlanta, as well as a number of nonprofit. Uh, organizations, governmental organizations that have veterans that are both at the state and federal level, and we also have membership of uh, higher institutions like Georgia Tech and University of Georgia. We've all come together to really turn Atlanta into the destination for veterans to come to to get to live and to work. That sounds fantastic. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm involved with a couple other efforts like that, but I, I do think it's critical to bring the resources for our veterans and our families together under one roof at a grassroots level so it's not just relying on the Internet, but like what you're doing where they can talk to a lot of people and, you know, really connect and make a difference. Which I guess brings us back to Linda's question about networking. So I, I am very interested to hear uh, your thoughts about networking, how our veterans can do it on their way out the door, and, and why it's so important. Well, I'm, I exactly. mean, 
advocate on uh, networking. I mean, it is, it, uh, in my opinion, it is the way that a person will find their next opportunity. I mean, I network 24-7, 365. I am always uh, meeting people. Um, and really, the foundation of that is, is you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. You never, sometimes you may strike up a conversation with somebody, you have no idea who they are, and all of a sudden, an opportunity presents itself. Um, I am heavy duty into LinkedIn through my own personal network, uh, as well as my Boots to Loafers group on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm approaching 6,000 members of my group. And I'm, I think I'm over 8,000 in uh, just my own personal connections. And I leverage that all the time. I think I met Linda through the connections. You did. You did. I was just going to add that. That is exactly how we came into contact in the beginning. And even at that phone call, we talked about how in the military, you really can start networking before you leave if it's high on your priority list. And it will do you a lot of good if you do. Could you perhaps address that a bit? Well, you've really got to expand your network out of the military if you expect to uh, to move on in the private sector. You have got to cast the net wide. And you just can't be a, a like a one-night stand type of thing. you really got to nurture the relationship and build on the network that you're establishing. Um, and sooner or later, those opportunities will start to pop up. And, uh, and that's how you get, if it's nothing more than, hey, I have my resume, would you be willing to look at it? That's one way of really opening the door for you. And a lot of the vets out there need that help. Well, John, when you talk, let's just stay on LinkedIn for a minute. I, I right. think it's a good point about having someone from the private sector to look over the resume. I don't think enough of us do that because we're still writing language that we take for granted in the military, which doesn't translate over. But let's talk, let's stay on LinkedIn for a minute. When you talk about how you leverage it, what, what do you do and what do you recommend that transitioning service members or veterans do with LinkedIn besides just build up a number of contacts? I think the first and foremost thing is is make sure your photograph is squared away on LinkedIn. You don't want to have a photograph out there of uh, Friday night at the bar. Sure. Uh, you got to be professional about it. Basic but true, right. I, I actually reached out to a professional out there that uh, helped me develop my LinkedIn profile, um, and it, it helped a lot. Now, it costs money to do that, but... Uh, I would recommend folks actually. You know, John, another thing comes to mind, and we'll have to carry on after the break because I don't think we can get this all in in two minutes. You've noted what you do, and I'm sure there are more things that we can discuss in the next section about what you do on LinkedIn. But what are some of the mistakes? So let's just cover one or two of the mistakes that you see people making on LinkedIn. Well, I, I think I, I mentioned it in the last uh, question is, is a bad photo or no photo. Okay. I, tell you my, I have a general rule. If you don't have a photo, I'm not connecting with you. I want to know who you are and what you look like and everything yeah, like that. Same here. Same here. It's not to prejudge, but it's, it's all about bringing across a professional appearance and presentation of who you are. Um, and then are you organized in what you're doing? I mean, it's... Uh, you need to get out and really take some care at, because look who's looking at your profile. 
everybody. Mm-hmm. So I would hire somebody to go out and help you build that profile. It's a one-time expense. Pay for it. Get it done. Interesting. Because I think that people view LinkedIn as, oh, my gosh, I don't want to deal with it. I, I, it takes so much time to put it together. And it is a bit laborious. But as you say, either have someone do it with you or someone to review it after you. But it is a wonderful uh, absolute universe of people to talk to in both the civilian and the military quarters. And we'll talk more about this after the break. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're here with John Phillips and Justin Constantine. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Super Bowl will air in 180 countries. And with that infamous coin toss for one day, most people will toss out their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. The Super Bowl accounts for 7% of an entire year of chicken wing sales. 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's the word for food that contains unknown ingredients. Akampaki. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's a word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Arfarfanos. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here continuing our conversation with John Phillips, author of Boots to Loafers and an employee at one of the Fortune 100 companies that you've heard of, Coca-Cola, and very much interested in talking further about the networking aspect for military leaving service and coming into the civilian sector for employment. Justin, uh, John and I were talking on the break about it. When someone is told, you know, you need to really work LinkedIn, we know now that, you know, you have to have a good photograph that has to tell what you do in a compelling fashion. But, John, what are the things you mean when you say work LinkedIn? I think the three of us do it all the time. That's how we all met. But 
what would you suggest to people very specifically that they do as they connect with people, how they connect with people, and after? I would say, I mean, what I did is I went out and I joined LinkedIn and I got one of those uh, premium memberships. What that allows you to do is it'll it'll a couple of key things. One is you know who's looking at you. So you can go out and you can look at them and find out is this a person that I want to be connected with? And if they are, then you can connect with them very easily. The second piece of that that I think is important, it gives you this little uh um I think you get three or four of these uh in mails per month or something. I think it's per month. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to send an email to that person through LinkedIn to introduce yourself or to ask questions, even if you are not connected with them. It allows you to do that. So it allows you to give an introduction of who you are. And then once you make those introductions uh, and you, you've connected in things, then you can go out and you can start communicating and building that foundation of a relationship. I have, I have made a number of connections through various state veterans uh, organizations that are geared toward bringing veterans uh, to, to get a job, to help them get a job and things like that. Uh, other authors out there that are writing about the same type of topics that we talk, uh, we'll actually have phone calls together and we'll talk about how can we effectively collaborate together because we're kind of doing the same thing. And it's, it's invaluable to, to just establish those relationships and then continue to drive them toward potentially uh, collaboration and uh, cooperation to do something jointly. Um, one of the issues that I've seen in the veteran space is you've got everybody out there doing the same types of things, but if they don't operate and function together, then things get kind of lost. And there's power in numbers. Very true. I wanted to insert in here that LinkedIn does offer to those in the military a, a free premium membership. And that is quite a benefit for people. And I don't think they know it very widely. But that does allow you higher access, more free of the in-mail that you just spoke about, where you can write a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for and why you're interested in connecting to that person. Because I think it is important that we have goals when we head into LinkedIn and joining with people because, as with most social media networks, there are some fake profiles, to put it bluntly, and it's good to know who you're connecting with. It isn't a matter of accruing likes and friends like on Facebook. This is a matter of building a network with people who you can help or they can help you. Would you agree with that? I would, and I think, I mean, it's, there's actually a filter that each individual needs to establish on who they want to connect with. I can tell you that I get, I, golly, I must get more than 10 or 15 requests a day to, to connect, um, and I'm, I get pretty picky, um, and I, you just have to establish these filters on how much do you want to grow your network, who is it you want to connect with. And, you know, it may sound a little self-serving, but how can this person help me? Because there, there is an agenda, believe it or not. There is an agenda. And it's, it's all about trying to grow that network that can help you grow as a person. So think about what these folks, these veterans are trying to do. They're trying to make that transition 
and establish a new network outside of the uniform, outside of the military, to help them get to where they want to go in life, to, to make that transition. And I talk about this in my book when, it, you talk, when I talk about transformation or really rebranding who you are. That will help you because then you can ask those questions. How do you, how do you walk? How do you talk? How do you dress? How do you do all of this? You know, look at my resume. Give me some honest, down and dirty, detailed feedback. Like you said at the onset of the program, I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm one of those guys. I want it in reverse order. Good news always stays good. Give me the bad and the ugly so I can fix that, and then I can get to where I want to go to help build my future. I will address this next question to both of you. I believe that one of the things that people have trouble with, veterans especially, when they come back or before they come back and are transitioning out, they know that there are so many services and organizations that are there to help them transition. So they, in some ways, anticipate that there's this huge welcoming committee that's going to make their life easy as they go forward. And what isn't impressed upon them as much is that you need to take the initiative. You, as a veteran, need to know what steps to take to reach out, to make these active connections. And those that do end up building a network of people. They become more involved. Their purpose becomes clearer. They clarify where they're headed and what they're doing. And yet, I'm not certain that that message about initiating things gets through to most veterans. Why do you think that is? Justin or or yeah, I'll I'll, ju- I'll jump in first, and then you know John can clean up, clean up what I say. But <clears throat> I I do think um, I do think we have to change. I think the folks who are transitioning out, a lot of us have to change our mindsets about um, about what the what the next step is. In, in the military, we've probably gotten comfortable there. We have our comfort zones. We know we have our network already. It's kind of built in there. It's not like that in the in the private sector, and so it does take a paradigm shift uh, mentally to to deal with that. And that means you have to be prepared to talk to people, initiate conversations, feel okay asking for help, asking for business cards, going to these events, whether it's in Atlanta or anywhere else in the country, and really opening yourself up. And that requires uh, some self awareness and taking time out of your day to to sit down, some quiet time to think. What, what is it I want to accomplish today? What is that, where do I want to be in six months? How do I get there? And so it's not just racing from event to event, but like we would plan any military operation, it's looking at the ultimate objective and backward planning. And so I do think it, it requires a different skill set, uh, much more personality-based and personal-based. Uh, and it can, be, it can be very challenging to you know, continually talk to people and, and, and just to see what those resources are around you. But I think um, I think John can probably elaborate on that and tell us what's worked for him. Yeah, I would. Say you hit on some great points there that uh, I think you've read my book. Um, <laughs> I haven't, but I'm looking now forward you, to it. Yeah, well, and you have to read his new book too. So we'll we'll get that out at the end of the show. But absolutely. go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I think uh, you know one of the uh, one of the key points of all of this is is start early. Don't wait till you get out to, till you start building your network. You have really, I'm actually an advocate that if you know you're you're going to get either discharged or you know you're going to retire, you need to start about a year out. 
because it's going to take you a while to build that network. The other side of that is 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 uh, what Justin said: ask for help. I'm going to the military I came from. You didn't ask for a lot of help because that was a sound of weakness. And you get you get labeled sometimes. It may have changed over the years, but inherently, I have never really been around a lot of people that just you know are always asking for help because you get kind of labeled. And I hate to say that, but that's kind of that's the world I came from in the military. So you've got to get over that. You need to know who you are. And I talk about this in the book that you really need to do some some self reflection of. Who am I and what do I want to do? And it really gets down to the nitty-gritty detail of what, what do I want to do? Where do I want to live? What kind of standard of living do I want? I mean, it just gets into some detail in the book on things that you've got to do to prepare yourself for that move. And it doesn't happen overnight. None of this stuff is easy. Um, it's very difficult, and you've got to stay on it all the time. Um, it's, you know, we were talking about LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day. It drives my wife nuts, but I, I just think it's a great tool to uh, really build out uh, your own personal network and look at other opportunities that present themselves out there that you might be able to get involved in. But it's, uh, you've got to go through the, the paradigm shift that Justin talked about in order to make that move. You know, there's one other aspect to being on LinkedIn and, and talking about things, and that is that you find opportunities to help other people do something they couldn't do without you. You may see two people that you would like to connect because it's important for them. So I think in many ways it adds a purpose to what you're doing that may take you out of that comfort zone a little bit of, I don't always want to do this for me, but if you also add the aspect of being able to help other veterans, I think that adds an extra element. Yeah, oh, it sure does. I mean, it's, I've run across people on, on uh, LinkedIn that I never thought in a million years I would be able to connect to that are at the highest levels of our government, high levels of the military, that all of a sudden through an in-mail I get connected with them and I have an opportunity to, to, to speak with them live or to connect. And in some cases, like... When I've made a few trips up to Washington, D.C., I've actually met with these folks. Without that tool, LinkedIn, it would have never, I would have never had those opportunities. But the other side of this is, is when you make those connections, you have got to be prepared. Like Justin said, before you go into battle, you are ready to go. You know what you're doing. You are prepared to go. And you know what your two-minute drill is. You know how to answer questions. Who am I? What do I want to do? Things like that. So, uh, you know, there's preparation, preparation, preparation. Absolutely true. And, you know, it, you bring up another good point is that you can network upward and you can network parallel. And it really is very, very important. We have a short break coming up. You're listening to Military Network Radio. I'm here with John Phillips, Books to Boots. To Loafers and Justin Constantine. We'll be right back after these messages. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc., and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Scott Kelly recently broke the record for the longest consecutive time spent in space with over 300 days and counting. Astronaut Kelly says he doesn't really experience the molly grubs or depression, but is fully aware of the dangers of being in space. In other words, he understands the gravity of the situation. Speaking of gravity, in space, your arms don't hang by your side like they do here on Earth. So, astronaut Kelly says he tucks them inside his sleeping bag at night so they don't float in front of him. Hey, isn't it always night in space? He also says that he doesn't get the same satisfaction of laying down to sleep like people on Earth. At least there's no chance of matutalipia. That's getting up on the wrong side of the bed. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are glad to have you back. We are continuing our discussion with John Phillips, author of Boots to Loafers, about transitioning the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm here also with Justin Constantine, who works in this area as well as being a speaker and obviously my co-host today. So, John, you mentioned before the break when we were talking about the importance of LinkedIn and networking, which is online networking and on the phone networking and building, you know, ultimately up to meeting people in person. But let's talk also about, with both Justin and John, about events where you can go and meet people in person or opportunities that allow you to network in person. So, John, let's go with you first in your new organization or your group that is on LinkedIn but also meets in person, Vetlanta. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, Vetlanta is, uh, it's actually, it's turned into an, uh, an, an organization that I never would have envisioned what it's turned into. We just had a uh, first quarter summit. Um, two weeks ago at Turner Broadcasting here in Atlanta, we had over 250 people show up. We had 110 different organizations show up of those 250. We had the state adjutant general of Georgia show up. We had a representative from a congressman's office show up. They're all trying to figure out, like, who are these people? Wonderful. Uh, so we start the evening off with about an hour and a half of heavy-duty networking. I mean, and it is the opportunity that is presented to both individuals and for-profit, not-for-profit governmental agencies to really mingle and meet people that they 
otherwise would have never had the opportunity to, to meet is we give it to them right there in a big room and it's really up to the individual to be aggressive enough to step up and introduce yourself who are you what are you up to what do you want you know just you've got to hit the high notes and you got to be ready for who you're going to meet and we really uh, these this the Q1 session that we normally do turns into about a four-hour meeting of these companies that get up and they present what have they done uh, in this case, what did they do in 2015 that was directly related to veterans activities in their companies, and then what are their plans for 2016 on what they're going to do. And what we do in Atlanta, we try and bring everything together. So what we're planning on doing here in the next uh, quarter, probably by the end of Q2, is we're actually going to get on the mayor of Atlanta's calendar. We're going to get on the governor's calendar. We're going to get on the state commissioner for veteran services, get on his calendar. And we're going to introduce ourselves as really the conduit in Atlanta that will bring all of these organizations together for a purpose. We're still defining what is that purpose, what is it we're going to do, but there's no other organization like this that I know of, other than one that's in Jacksonville, Florida, but they actually belong to the city of Jacksonville, uh, that does anything like this. We've actually been approached to see if we wanted to franchise this and take it to other cities, which blew us a war like, what? How do you do that? We, didn't know how, we don't know how to do that. So it's, it's been an incredible uh, experience, and I think it's something that's really going to help a lot of vets that are uh, coming to Georgia and uh, after they get out of the military in order to find a place to live and to work. You know, Don, what you've just described is building a network from all the individual networks and putting them all together in a big one. And that is really important. I love how you've involved the governmental figures, all the people who have influence on what happens to veterans out in the civilian sector and really do understand their issues. By having the tag and the mayor and the congressman and all of that involved, you have truly made it a bigger um, network for people to tap into. And that has grown by word of mouth and by hard networking on the individual and the group level. Justin. Explain your group and how you do things in some manner similarly and in others a bit differently, because I think the two of you can synergize following this broadcast. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to talking uh, with you, John, a little bit more, because uh, my friend Scott Davidson and I last year uh, co-founded a nonprofit called the Veteran Success Resource Group. We had three proof of concepts up in New York, and now which went well. Now we're going to do it nationally. Our next event is uh, on March 23rd in Springfield, Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C. And so basically our events are similar to yours. Um, because there's so much noise on the internet about all the nonprofits and all the groups out there that help veterans, it's hard to figure out which ones are good and which ones you can connect with. And so we take it to a grassroots level where, similar to you, uh, for one afternoon, ours are about four or five hours long under one roof. We invite, um, and this is free for all the veterans and their families, and we invite the nonprofits in the area, the governmental agencies, the universities to come and have free table stays so that they can 
talk to the veterans and their families, transitioning service members, and tell them about the services they provide. And so um, that's that's the resource expo portion of it. And then we also have partnered with Dun & Bradstreet to have a whole business business side because so many veterans are doing well as entrepreneurs uh, that we have is called Access to Capital, where Dun & Bradstreet helps bring in about a dozen banks that want to lend to veteran-owned businesses. And so we have a panel discussion and a whole separate area uh, so the, the veteran entrepreneurs can, can talk and learn more about that. We have a matchmaking component where we have large businesses there who want to hire veterans or or utilize their veteran-owned businesses in the supply chain. So we have a formal matchmaking component where we connect them together. Also, if they want to combine forces to go after government contracts, we have a matchmaking component for that as well. So we try, you know, we focus on business and ed- education and health and housing to make sure that uh, 250 or 300 veterans at a time can come in there, again, all for free, except for the large businesses, all for free, and and find out what's in their area and who's there. And so we're going to be going around the country this year, probably five or six different spots. Sounds very similar to what you're doing, Atlanta, except we we don't provide an opportunity for each organization to get there and talk about what they've done. Ours is really networking, finding spending time talking to the different resources and giving the groups a chance to talk to each other as well. Uh, partner, we partner with the, uh, the American Legion and Dun & Bradstreet and several other groups as our backbone. But really, we, we bring in about 50 or 60 organizations to each one. So uh, very similar models, it sounds like. It's similar, but, it, but it's additive. So I think if the two of you... Uh, connect afterward, I think you can come yeah. up with some different ways you can help each other and, in essence, franchise it, but at least grow it. Because I know the two of you have a real desire and fervor to help other veterans. It's that's that right. servant leadership, and that's incredibly important because I think there's so many that want and need to take advantage of it, but don't quite have, call it the chutzpah, the drive, whatever it may be. They don't feel compelled to do what you all are doing. But if you are like the two of you doing this, the value is invaluable to the vet. I'll ask the both of you again, um, what do you do, if anything, um, for the family members? Is that an aspect that you're looking into, John? Um, I know Justin does some with the family members as well, um, but the focus with the veteran is, is excellent. I'm not saying that it's a deficit, but is that something in the future you would add to what you're doing? I think from uh, our standpoint at uh, Atlanta, it's, uh, you know, the family, if, if the veteran succeeds, then the family automatically succeeds. Mm-hmm. There is no, I mean, if the family wants to come, the spouse and everything, I, we have no issue with that at all. And, and just as a side note, I would tell Justin what he needs. He needs to come to Atlanta with his partners, and they need to come to a Atlanta Q, our Q2 summit. They need to come. Yeah, sounds like it. I'm serious because I can't. I, I mean, it. I got goosebumps when you're talking. <laughs> partner, I mean, it's incredible, and I think that uh, the opportunity is just. There's just so much opportunity. It just makes my head swim. Um, the other thing we do in Vetlanta, real quick, just I wanted to make sure I kind of got this in, is we're also in the process. In the, we're developing a program we're calling Military 101. 
you take your average HR person or talent acquisition person or hiring manager, I often say they don't have muddy boots time, meaning they've never been in the military. What they know about the military is what they see on the news or they get at the local movie theater. And what we want to do is develop a military one-on-one training course that is comprised of various members of Vetlana, which means they're coming from different Fortune 100 or 500 companies, veterans, and we want to make our rounds around Atlanta and actually give the talent acquisition folks and the hiring managers a high-level overview of each of the services to educate them so they know who they're talking to when they're talking to a vet. It'll give them a little bit better perspective. And we're in the process of developing that right now, and we expect to have that done by the end of the summer. The other thing we've done is, uh, and Justin may know this organization, is J. Walter Thompson. They're JWT. Yeah. They do all the marketing for the Marines. Yeah. They are partnered with them. I just had dinner last night with their chief operating officer. That's awesome. Actually, uh, they're working with us hand in hand. They're the ones that developed our logo. They came up with the name Vetlanta. They developed our mission statement. They did everything, and they did it all pro bono. They're incredible organization. And so they're going to help us get to that next level where we can extend ourselves into the government, I mean deep, into the city, into the state, into the state commissioner for veteran services and everything. They're going to help us get there. Yeah, that, that sounds great. That's, a, that's an incredible resource. I know we, we have less than a minute until our break. I'll just, I'll just on our end, and I'm looking, really looking forward to connecting with you and, and some of the veteran, uh, veterans in Atlanta. With a veteran success resource group, Linda, ours is uh, free to the veterans and their family members. We, everything we send out, we encourage the whole family to come there. We believe that the spouses uh, or, or caregivers, anyone else in the family, uh, are often underserved, and we want to make sure they, they're hearing about all the opportunities at the same time that the veterans are as well. Well, I am loving being able to do what I like to do best, which is to connect people who then combine to make one and one equal 11. Exactly. So we only have a, a few minutes and a few seconds before our break, and we are listening to uh, John Phillips, author of Boots to Loafers, uh, founder of Vetlanta, and we will be right back after these messages, and we'll continue our discussion. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. 
and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturesspiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Fiber is an important element of a healthy diet and is necessary for good digestion and elimination. It is also helpful for lowering cholesterol and losing weight. Eating fiber for breakfast sets a good precedence for the whole day. Fiber stabilizes your metabolism and prevents you from making bad food choices later in the day. Dr. Oz says having fiber in your breakfast results in less hunger in the afternoon when you're most likely to be tired and binge on sugar. Aspire to eat 25 grams a day. Good breakfast choices that are rich in fiber are bran cereals, whole wheat cereals, fruit, whole grain breads, oatmeal, and smoothies. Start your day with a fiber-rich, healthy breakfast and set yourself up for hunger control for the rest of the day. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with John Phillips. And, John, we spoke about Vetlanta and uh, the organizations and the networking that one can do. You're also involved with another group called V2 Squared with George Tech. Can you talk about that a bit, please? I sure can. It's called VET Squared Veterans Education Transition and Training Course um, with Georgia Tech. Um, The textbook that they use for this course is my book, Boots to Loafers. Uh, And what it really boils down to is VET Squared is a four-week internship program that really is, uh, the easiest way to look at it is, it's a four-week basically interview. So with the new DOD uh, directive that came out, I think a couple of, uh, couple of, I think about a year ago it came out, what it does is it spells out for active duty military, no matter what service you're in, you can participate in a internship program if you're within six months of uh, discharge. And it's free to the company. So here in Georgia, um, at Fort Benning and at Fort Stewart and Fort Gordon, um, an active duty soldier can participate in VET squared with a company, whatever company. We just did one at Coca-Cola. And uh, they come on board at Coke for a month. They shadow someone. And and the stipulation is, is when the program starts, that there is a position available for this person. So they actually go through the same hiring process that any other person would go through, but the difference is is they're going through this BET Squared program, and at the end of it, the company has the option to either hire them or not. The beauty of this program is is they have a 100% hire rate. It's at no cost to the soldier. It's at no cost to the company. Because the soldier's still on active duty, it's an unpaid internship. It's an incredible course. Over the course of last uh, of the fourth quarter of two, uh, 2015, um, I recorded a series of um, videos about boots to loafers and its transition, and we 
we're establishing a new program called DDT Squared 101, which is going to be, it's actually in test this week, and we're planning on launching it live on the internet in March, and it's an online course. It has six modules and two or three lesson plans in each module. There are quizzes uh, and things like that. And once you get to the end of it, you get a certification from Georgia Tech for your completion. And it's, it's really designed for any soldier, sailor, airman, or marine, no matter where you are in the world, 24-7, 365. You can go online. You can sign up for the course. Once you get cleared to take the course, you can take it any time during the day, night, wherever you are in the world. And it's, to me, it's much better than anything TAP could ever even imagine offering. And we just came to, with an agreement just last week with Fort Benning. We had a conference with the garrison commander there, and he wants it at Fort Benning yesterday. I mean, he wants mm. it right now. So we're very excited about that, this opportunity. And all of this is tied to really the foundational steps that one needs to take that's spelled out in my book, Boots to Loafers. You know, that was brilliant because if you are giving them what is a more valuable course than TAPS, TAPS can give them some of the nuts and bolts they wouldn't have gotten. But you're actually telling them and teaching them and allowing them the opportunity to be actively involved in where they go next in a very user-friendly manner. You're going to them, but in the mediums that they use. And I think that's a mistake that the government tends to make sometimes, that you're going to sit and have a PowerPoint presentation and be PowerPointed to death. You're actually allowing videos and online courses. I, I personally think it's brilliant, and the book does fit beautifully with that. How has the reception been from the veterans? It's it's been very good. Or the I mean, service members, pardon me, they're because they're active duty still. Well, you get uh, the fact that they that they know. I mean, think about it. The fact that they can go through this, they can get uh, immersed into a company that they have applied to work for, and at the end of that four week session, they stand a chance of getting a job. So when they mm -hmm. get out or they retire, they've got a job. I mean, talk about easing a tremendous burden that you have. That's it. And we're talking about companies here like uh, Gulfstream in Savannah, Comcast, ADP, Coca-Cola. These are, these are just not fly-by-night companies. These are big companies that are stepping up and wanting to bring veterans into their workforce. So it's about deeds, not words. Well, these are deeds. Yeah, this, this internship program is fantastic. I, you know, I work uh, part-time at U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Um, with their Hiring Our Heroes initiative, which of course is a very robust program to help veterans and, and caregivers and spouses with uh, employment. And so we worked really hard last year to with DOG to get this through. Finally, we've, we've gotten a lot of traction on it. And, and you're right, John, each garrison commit. Now, the Army has the most, has accepted it most robustly and is doing the most with it. And it's up to each garrison commander to decide if they want to engage on this program or not. And then, as you said, the service member uh, has 180 days before they transition out. And I think typically the requirement is that the, uh, the job location is, is within 50 miles of the base. And we, we, we now host uh, at Hiring Our Heroes 
We host these all around the country, and they have been uniformly very successful. The businesses love it because they get a great uh, look at the transitioning service number and what they can do. And, and, and even before they start their internship, there's an interview process, and they select which transition service number they think will be the best fit for their position. So it's not just a random connection. It's a it's a solid connection based on the needs of the company and the needs of the, and desires of the service member, and so the service members get great on the job experience, and they also have to have an educational component, which is why I assume you have it at Georgia Tech, and then and then when the internship is over, almost always they are hired by that company, and if they're not, that company does a good faith effort of helping a network within their uh, network of other companies that they do work with. So this is something that all transitioning service members should be looking at because there's a wide variety of companies that are in each of these locations. You mentioned some, but there's usually a dozen between 12 and 20 that are taking advantage of it. And I think this is just going to grow and grow uh, because it's a win-win for both sides. So I'm really proud of you for being a part of that and kind of trailblazing on it. But I think so, too, because, you know, the U.S. Chamber's been around for a very long time and do do a fantastic job. I think I love what John offers because it's so personalized and it really does benefit those who have the initiative, the understanding, to go and learn more before they go to these events. And so it adds to it. Um, It doesn't recreate the wheel in any way, which I think is often a failing of some groups that start, they just recreate what already exists. And this is additive and really works very strongly with the service members. So uh, we have about four and a half minutes left. And I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find out more information about you, John, your organization, Boots to Loafers, and these two other initiatives that you're leading so robustly. Perhaps you could share that information and tell them how to find out more. Yeah, they, so the book is available in uh, at my website at bootstoloafers.com. I have it in multiple, uh, whatever your flavor is that you like. I have it in paperback through Amazon. Um, there's actually an option on my website where you can download a PDF copy of the book straight to your computer. Um, which I think is actually a better option than uh, Nook or Kindle. It looks a lot better, at least. Um, and I have an audio version that you can go out and download it onto your phone or whatever, and you can listen to it while you're driving to work or just driving around or whatever, and it'll, it'll give you that option as well. Um, if I may, one thing about the VET Squared program, we have also expanded that program to the University of Central Florida down in Orlando. So they're actually going to be starting... Um, the UCF version of VET Square. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, I just wanted to get that plug in because I'm a UCF grad, so I have a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And in terms of Atlanta, when is your Atlanta, next event? Or Atlanta, we have a website that's only been up about two weeks now. It's uh, org. Go check that out. We're constantly revising the website. We're starting to add on our founding partners. We just added one yesterday, SunTrust, a uh, small bank here in Georgia. <laughs> and, they do a lot. They do a, around here, yeah. Yeah, SunTrust has a great program. Oh, yeah. 
So we've got that. And uh, so there's a lot of activity going on. And uh, whatever we can do to help vets here in Atlanta, we're here. You know, I think between the two of you, you can cook up how to help vets around the world. And I, I think what's interesting about what is being created is something that's completely accessible. No matter where you are on the globe, if you've got an Internet connection, you can find out about and participate in both these events and the learning experiences. Yeah. John, any last thing that you would like to add um, to make sure our listeners know exactly you know, what's important about transitioning and why to get involved early? I would it, it, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn and please get connected with me. If you've got questions, I'll answer your questions. If you've got concerns, go to my Boots to Loafers uh, LinkedIn group. Um, the reason I started that is, you know, there's almost 6,000 other people out there that you can reach out to and ask questions. I really like what you're doing at Lancet, John, because you're creating an environment for transitioning service members. Or they're going to feel very comfortable going there, surrounded by people just like them. And so, so they're not going to feel inhibited. They're going to feel comfortable asking for the help they need and they deserve. So congratulations on what you're doing. Thank you, sir. John, thank you so much for being a guest with us again today. And I know that we will have further discussions in the future. Um, for everybody, it was bootstoloafers.com, John's organization. And uh, you can find out more about the event in Vetlanta and the movement there at vetlanta.org. Check it out. And we are delighted to have you on the program here today. And, Justin, thank you for your help as well. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We hope to keep bringing you relevant topics of interest that will help you in whatever phase of the continuum of this military journey. Thank you for listening today. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance 